Welcome to Putting the Real in Real Estate, the podcast about all things real estate, all things local, and all things life, where we hope to inform, entertain, and inspire. What's up, everybody? Welcome into episode 10 of Putting the Real in Real Estate. I'm your host, Glenn Hawkersmith, and we have a special edition today. We're doing something new here. I have three guests joining me today. They are all local real estate brokers, and we're going to have a, a discussion here on Zoom call about the current situation with COVID-19 pandemic and how it's affecting all of our business and the market in general. And so I'm not going to waste too much time here. We're going to get right to that. So we're going to welcome them in. And also, we are, we're going to try something new today. We're going to do video as well. So hopefully I will post that video of the podcast on YouTube and Facebook. And uh, hopefully all will go well. So let's get right to it. Hello, everyone, and to those of you who are watching on Facebook or YouTube, welcome to episode 10 of Putting the Real in Real Estate, Weathering the Storm. It's a broker roundtable. I'm your host, Glenn Hawkersmith, and I'm joined today by three broker owners here in Kentuckiana to discuss the current state of affairs and its impact on how we do business now and going forward. So I'm going to start by introducing our guest. First is Kurt Schuler. Kurt is a graduate of IU's Kelly School of Business and the principal broker and part owner of Schuler Bauer Real Estate Services, the largest brokerage in southern Indiana and third largest in Louisville Metro. Kurt's also an investor and comes from a family of builders. Kurt Schuler, welcome in. Thank you, Glenn. All right, next is Mark Hack. Mark is also a graduate of Indiana University, where he studied finance and marketing. He became a licensed realtor in 2008. And in 2010, started Green Tree Real Estate. He currently has an office in both Indiana and Kentucky. Mark is also an investor who flipped his first house at the age of 19 and also, I think, is now building a house or two. Mark, Mark Hack, yeah. welcome in. Thanks, Glenn. Thanks for having me. All right. Last but not least is our grizzled veteran and past guest, Lincoln Crum. Lincoln is a proud Jeffersonville native and broker owner of Lincoln Crumb Realty and Auctions. Lincoln has a history as an entrepreneur and auctioneer and spends much of his time helping local charities. Lincoln Crumb, welcome to you. Hey, man. I'm glad to be here with you guys. Thanks, everybody, for uh, taking time to join me today. So why don't we start with each of you just kind of giving a quick summary of the status of your business in light of the new executive order, which basically says that real estate services, including appraisal and title services, should be conducted virtually or by telephone whenever reasonably possible, and any professional services requiring face-to-face -face encounters should be postponed unless the failure to meet in person will have a significant adverse impact on the client's financial or legal position. That's a mouthful. Um, Kurt, why don't you start, maybe just kind of give give us your interpretation of this and how you're implementing it and the effects it's having on, on your business. Yeah. I mean, I'd say for the, probably the past three weeks uh, before the newest executive order came out, you know, we were pushing, promoting virtual showings whenever possible, even for presentation, um, you know, with this newest order about face-to-face -face meeting, I've tried to take a pretty, you know, hard line saying, you know, ask your client and ask yourself before you go meet someone, you know, say the words that you just said about having a significant adverse impact on them financially legally, and, you know, then you can make a better decision once you say those words to yourself and to your client. Uh, I think most people will say, no, we can wait. Um, the biggest impact will be on closings since currently Indiana you do need that face-to-face -face meeting for closings, but I have seen a lot of title companies get creative with curbside um, people staying in their car, sanitized plans, split boards to sign the paper, get the keys to move home, and continue to move on. So you know, we definitely feel it. Back, slow down, but as long as we 
people continue to act responsibly. I think we'll get through this um, as quick as possible. All right. Uh, Mark, how about you? Yeah, uh, right there with Kurt. I think um, closings are going to be definitely be the biggest uh, thing that's going to be changing. But what I try to do just in my business um, is, is, of course, implement the, the normal safety stuff. But um, virtual showings all the way up until somebody's actually ready for an offer. Uh, no more looking at 10 houses in a day. Uh, you know, try to look at everything virtually. It, it's I know personally I would never buy a house without putting my foot in the door. Um, so eventually it's a for real showing is going to actually have to take place somewhere in there. Um, so, you know, just, uh, try to do as much virtual as possible, maybe one showing at that last, uh, you know, at the end of the road, we've narrowed some stuff down. Um, other than that, I'm, I'm with Kurt. Just, uh, I, I had a curbside closing yesterday. It was weird actually talking to nobody. <laughs> yeah. So it's gonna, and I think this is, we've been in the real estate industry. We've been pushing towards virtual anyways for years. Um, and it's just, I think this is going to push us along a little further. Um, and I, I don't think it's going to change. I know somebody posted on your Facebook yesterday. Is this going to be here forever? Or is this going to change the face of real estate forever? I don't think so. Um, I feel that it'll come back to what we were at before. Um, but it just makes a little more savvy going forward. Lincoln, you want to weigh in on this? You think? Hey, first <laughs> off, everybody needs to wear masks. I don't care where you are. If you're out in public, give, look, we as real estate people have all kinds of access, or I mean, have in the past for those masks when we had to go into closings, or I mean, uh, inspections. Dig through your stuff, find them. And if you don't have one, get a scarf, get something, protect yourself. Um, it's having an impact. I think uh, nationally we're seeing right now with these uh, leading edge progressive brokerages like Redfin and EXP laying folks off, uh, KWs doing aggressive things, hopefully with commission for agent, agent share. And I think that will follow nationally, regionally, and this gonna hit us locally. And I think we as agents, I've been preaching video for over 10 years now. I remember when we did um, electronic signatures first 20 years ago, and it, but people, it was just tough for them. We're going to do so much video, so much conference calling via video, via image, 20, 30 second snippets. Here's our next step. Here's what you need to do. Cause you know, Glenn, people would rather watch a video than read a four paragraph email. So I think Mark's right. We got to become more savvy. We got to tighten up our game, and we got to provide service to our clients safely, right? It's, we got to be safe. Yeah. And uh, no home is worth dying for. You're absolutely right on that. I know people are writing offers right now and just making those offers contingent upon the buyer, you know, being able to walk through and 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 visit the property in person sometime before closing. Um, I don't know that even that. As an option, it's still something I don't know that a lot of people are going to be open to, but you know, we're just having to find ways of, of giving, getting around things. And something you mentioned, Lincoln, that I wanted to get to is, you know, I read an article yesterday, Redfin has furloughed 41% of their agents and laid off 7% of their staff. EXP is cutting 15% of its staff. Um, so my question to, to you all is, is this an opportunity for the traditional brokerages to shine, you know, to maybe reclaim some of that market share? Who wants to, who wants to take that one first? I'll jump in there. Um, I've always said downturn is always a, a great chance of opportunity. Um, in my eyes, it kind of levels the playing field a little bit. Um, you know, we're a, we're a small brokerage, so, uh, you know, I, I couldn't imagine dealing with, with what Kurt deals with on a daily basis. Um, but for, for me, I always look at it as an opportunity. I tell these agents all the time, it's like, you know, your agents that have a ton of referral business and are selling, you know, 100 sides a year on average, this is a great time for your 10 to 20 a year agents to step in and catch up. Um, people are at home right now. Now's the best time that you can reach people. Get on the phone all day. Just catch up. This is a great time to catch up. Um, as far as... Uh, traditional brokerage catching up with the 
the virtual guys, I don't know. I think they're just, they're staff. Like we, I've got one person on staff. Everybody else is agent. So my, as far as saying staff, um, they're, I don't really think they're cutting agents as much as they are cutting their back end stuff. So um, I don't know. I, I think this is a good time for traditional broker just to look at how they do things for sure. Um, and like I said, it's a good time just to like catch up. It's my opinion. What do you think about that, Kurt? Um, on the staff side, I know, you know, we haven't cut people. We don't really have a plan to cut um, our staff unless, you know, if it does worsen, we'll revisit things. But, you know, we've been having our staff members relook at processes that they do, see what they can do differently, see what they can do more efficiently, and go back to all the tools that we have that, you know, maybe they've been sitting on the shelf for the last, you know, three to five years because it's been a good market and people have just been humming along. So, you know, we're dusting off those old tools, make them shiny again because they, they still magically work. But um, people just didn't really have the time or desire to use them because homes were selling in you know, hours and you know, with five, 10, 15 multiple offers on homes. Uh, definitely a good time to go back and look at processes and you know, become more efficient. Lincoln, um, I know you, you don't have a ton of agents working for you, but you do have a small staff. So how are things going going for you there? Are you able to, to keep those people busy? I know you're you're pretty much uh, 100% online auction right now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. Um, it's me and I have Matt McMahon holds a license with our brokerage. Um, and I have two tech admin folks that work for me that have been with me full time in the last four years. And they're home quarantined. And um, they are doing some cataloging. We're looking at our marketing. We're looking at what we can do uh, when this does turn. Um, and then my warehouse crew, I've kept one on, my son, Ethan, and other two guys. I have them a couple days a week. And we're either doing, you know, cleaning out of houses where nobody is there um, or working here in our warehouse. And um, we're able to get some work done. And but as far as the real estate goes, you know, I do my own admin stuff now. And you're going to find a lot more agents are going to do their own admin stuff. Hopefully, we all get a little more efficient with our systems. We're, we're going to have to change our systems. So let's try to change from a positive, efficient standpoint than a, oh, shit, what are we going to do moment? You know, and this time at home or this time quarantined will help us with that a lot. And um, I do worry about the lending side of it. So I'm curious to hear what you guys have to say about the money, because we all know what happens when the money dries up or the money shifts or the money changes. You can have the best market on the planet. But when the money's gone or changes, what are we going to do, gentlemen? Yeah, that's pretty much the fuel that runs that runs our industry. Anybody have any thoughts on that? I mean, I'd say near future, you know, for all those government loans, I know I think we've probably all seen a 660 as a minimum requirement now on, you know, from a lot of different lenders, potentially even bumping that up to 680. So, you know, you're looking at, we're all looking at a buyer pool that is going to shrink dramatically because of those requirements because of you know maybe those first-time home buyers have been furloughed or lost their jobs so you can't buy a house you don't have a job and then some i think we're going to see a buyer pool that's conventional or cash for you know the next few months and hopefully once we get through the coronavirus i have seen some reports and, you know you can only believe small percentage of what you see online until it's actually out there from the government, but that requirements will lessen up you know, maybe in the fall months to try to, you know, get our market back up and running. Yeah. I tend to think it's still pretty early for anybody to make any really informed predictions on this because we just don't know how this is going to play out and how long it's going to drag out. So um, I think, Go ahead, Mark. Sorry. I think what's really going to affect us is how long we look at this thing. I mean, you know, we start dragging out past 60 days of unemployment for some of the people that are just furloughed. Um, it's really going to it's going to be up to the lenders how they want it. Because, you know, once you go 30 days with no pay, 
then you really start running into an issue on the underwriting sides. So I'm kind of curious to how lenders are going to adapt to that. Um, you know, if somebody will letter of explanations work to get people through underwriting once they've had that 30 day gap of employment or 60 day gap of employment. Um, you know, obviously the main thing right now, killing deals are the last minute DOEs um, and not being able to obtain them. So when the economy, whenever that is, opens back up when we get back to work, how are the lenders going to look at that? I think that's going to take a big part in how we move forward in the next months to come on sales side. Yeah, hopefully they won't be so rigid and maybe change the way they look at things after after all of this. They I will. think they're going to have to. Yeah. They will. You know, the thing that scares me about this, different than 10, 12 years ago, is our inventory is so low of available properties. And if we don't, I can't remember when inventory was so low and money was so cheap, but it doesn't do any good if inventory is low and money is cheap, but it's not available. Then what happens to our market? And that is 90 days away. Yeah. And, and you mentioned 10 to 12 years ago. I know you, you survived 08. Um, Mark, you were just getting started in 08. Um, well, I was in the mortgage side in 05. Okay. So I, I came through it in the mortgage industry. So yeah, I, I know firsthand what we're getting ready to deal with. So in, in your opinion, and I know, like I said before, it's kind of early to tell, how does this compare to 08? Uh, what are some of the similarities or, or is it even, are you even able to, it, I don't think, I don't think it compares at all. I always tell people I, 08 was like, uh, like the league calling and saying the season's over. I kind of feel like this is the rain delay. I feel like skies are going to clear. We're going to get back to work. Um, you know, that monster of 08 was literally woke up one day and the, and the banking side was gone. Um, we're not there yet. Now, in, you know, if this goes six months, then we're definitely going to be there. Um, but I don't think 30, 60, even 90 days, I think the more market's going to come roaring back, my opinion. Um, lenders will just, um, you know, the big thing that gets kind of scary is the people the servicers, you know, even if the servicers don't buy mortgage servicing, if they don't collect payments and things like that, they still have to pay their investors, you know, the mortgage-backed security, stuff like that. So I'm not sure how that's going to take a toll on the lending side, um, but that will, I think, will be the first big concern. But I think 60 days, I think we'll be back to business as usual. That's that's what I'm banking on. And I'm a, I'm a gambling man. I like to gamble. Um, I'm still pushing forward with everything just as... Business. Can I add something real quick? Go ahead. Um, the thing that I want you to think about, though, Mark, and I appreciate it. I appreciate your optimism. I'm Mr. Optimistic. But, you know, the bank's making changes. We all know how difficult it is for our lending industry as a whole in this country to make any change in any quick amount of time. With full staff, everybody in their big buildings, all the underwriters tucked away safely at work. Now, nobody's at work. And so we have a very fragile, could be fractured system because we don't, we don't have our work culture. I mean, we're working on it, Zoom, and all, all of this is fantastic. It's not the same as our human interaction that we've been so used to. And I'm afraid that is the factor that will... Hey Lincoln, we we lost your audio there. Have you have you muted yourself somehow? Mark, are you are you still there? I'm here. Okay, there you go, Lincoln. I don't know what happened there. Sorry about I'm that. I'm so sorry. Do you want to you want to finish your thought there? Yeah, do you know where I was? Because I've been known to ramble. <laughs> I was actually daydreaming. Sorry. No. Yeah, it's okay. We have a fractured system. Not everybody's at work. There's no company culture with the physical human interaction. And for a lender, lending industry to make swift changes, not in their comfort of their big ivory towers, 
it's going to be really tough to see those changes happen. I mean, you know, if you think about like SBA, they do like 70, 75 billion years or uh, uh, dollars of loans a year. Now they're given the task to do 350 billion now. And nobody's at work. I just, I'm afraid it's a tsunami. And that's my only fear. Yeah, hopefully not. Hopefully not. But this is not you to know, be all doom and gloom. No, I mean we have to be realistic about it, and you know, as always, hope for the best and and try to prepare for the worst. So, kind of switching gears here for a second. How are Kurt? I'll ask you first, and I kind of I kind of know because obviously I work for you. But how how are you and uh, Schuler Bauer as a company staying engaged with agents and making sure that that agents are are staying engaged yeah i mean first thing is just always trying we're just always trying to stay positive with our agents i'd say every day we have some sort of zoom that we put on our facebook live to our um, company private page that's either an update on what's going on whether it's with a new executive order um, or just you know interviewing our agents asking them you know what do they do in their day-to-day lives that they could share with all of our other agents. Um, you know, I think today we have a happy hour with um, the one and only Scott Pierce. And we're just going to talk about, you know, his, him coming up in real estate, why he did it, you know, probably get into how he formed his team and what's that meant for, you know, his, his life, his family life. So um, I think, you know, our engagement has probably increased with our agents with this. I think on our last, Facebook live that we did, we had about 115 people watching it live. And, you know, that's out of 250 agents. So, you know, I'd say our engagement's probably gone up a little bit. I would agree. And I'll, I'll commend you and Morgan and Elizabeth. You all have done a really good job of uh, constantly every day. And Andrea and Doris as well, keeping, making sure you're posting content and, and staying engaged. How about you, Mark? Well, I mean, we're nowhere near on the scale of, of Kurt. I probably talk to my main core of agents on the phone every day. How many agents um, do you have? Uh, we float right around 30. Okay. Um, two offices, yeah. Um, a lot of part-time. We had a lot of part-time agents. But, you know, the ones that are full-time selling real estate, I talk to them every day. Um, so we it, trying to keep just keep it upbeat. Everybody stays, um, you know, just trying to keep a happy culture in the office for right now. I mean, nobody's really coming into the office. Um, we always, we've got a group chat on, we do on Facebook throughout the whole company. Uh, it's been, you know, just trying to keep it, keep it light and upbeat right now. That's all you can do. So um, as far as, uh, as far as sales and stuff goes, I mean, you know, we've, we, at the very beginning, we had a, a short brief safety thing, um, you know, and, 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 just commenting back and forth on the changes, you know, when you're dealing with Indiana and Kentucky, there are a little bit of differences. Um, so, you know, trying to keep those got each, each individual groups up to date on what's going on, but yeah, just trying to stay positive right now. About all you can do. Uh, as far as uh, community outreach and staying in touch with, with clients or potential clients, um, is anybody doing anything special as far as that goes or encouraging your agents to do so? Like I mentioned earlier, um, everybody's at home right now. So I've kind of told, um, you know, the ones that have called kind of worried about future business stuff. I said, listen, just get up in the morning and get on the phone. I don't care who you call, call anybody, just talk. Um, now is the time to do that. They've got the time. And obviously the biggest hurdle when you get on a phone call is having something to talk about. We got plenty to talk about right now. Sure. Whether now, even if it's just calling a past client and saying, Hey, you know, maybe, maybe they're elderly or in a high risk, um, category. Exactly. Hey, can I get you some groceries or anything? You know, okay. people are going to remember how we conduct ourselves during this time, whether that's a negative memory or a positive memory. So let's, I think we all need to be careful about that. Kurt, I know as a company, we've done some things where you have, uh, joined up with, a lender and and opened a thousand dollar tab at a local um 
establishment so so healthcare workers and and first responders can stop by and get meals you want to talk about that a little bit or has anyone else uh, implemented anything like that yeah i know um yeah, i know mark did too um i saw that come through in an email and um you know we had some agents who kind of started to spearhead that and you know, Stephanie wilson might have been she might have been the first one and, you know, we saw other ERA companies around the country doing it, posting it on their, you know, we looked at New Albany, Seymour, Louisville, and our E-Town and Radcliffe markets. And you know, we tried to, op we opened up tabs at different establishments for the frontline workers. And I think the Pizza King in New Albany might have been the biggest one. It was noon and I was getting a text from Morgan saying, we're out of money. <laughs> yeah, that went, that went pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, trying to do anything to keep, you know, those workers positive, show them thank you, because, I mean, they're really the ones that are putting their lives and their families' lives at the biggest risk to help save the lives of others. Um, so, you know, there's not enough that we can do to thank them. Lincoln, I know, you know, this is, you do a lot of uh, charity work, community outreach on a regular basis. So ha has this changed anything as far as that goes for you? Are you doing more? What's what's going on with you there? You know, I'd do it every day if I could. You know, uh, for the past couple of years, I've done weekly runs for Dare to Care up to North Clark Outreach in Charlestown, Ruthie Jackson. And then we dropped stuff to Child Place and... Um, Clark County Youth Shelter. Um, the one thing that I've increased the last couple months more than anything is my work with uh, Paul and Jim at Catalyst Rescue Mission and getting them stuff, the homeless shelter. I was there yesterday dropping off food. And, um, you know, personally, probably the, the most difficult thing for me with all of this is how are we going to feed the people that don't have access to food? to our um, citizens of this country that are on WIC and they got to go in and um, when they get their WIC account live, then they got to battle with people over buying and really who hurts our little kids and old people. And so I'm doing all I can to help uh, deliver food. We did a bunch of uh, chicken breasts from Golden Corral, took it straight to Catalyst. Uh, we raised money. Um, Mark and Glenn helped with this. We raised money for a um, hot water heating element for the mobile shower unit at uh, Catalyst. Just every week, we're trying to do something and be progressive, being safe. But there's a lot of people hurting, and we, we're 30 days in. And uh, I do worry about that, and I worry about that for my family, and I worry about that for my community and our localness. So all you can do is help people. All you can do is be positive. If you get sucked down the drain of negativity, it's going to ruin you and it's going to make your days miserable. And if you want that, well, maybe it's good to stay home anyways. <laughs> Anybody else have anything to add on that? Nope. Okay. Good job, Lincoln. Um, so let me, let, let's switch gears again here. Um, let's address buyers and sellers, potential clients out there. Um, what would, what would each of you tell a potential buyer or seller right now who comes to you and says, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm thinking a list in my house. Is it a good time to do it right now? You know, would you advise against it or would you encourage it? I know people are still doing it. I see houses coming on every single day. Um, so what would you, what would you tell potential buyers and sellers right now? And anyone who wants to take that, go right ahead. I mean, I'd say for the selling side, the seller side, I mean, just looking at the state of Indiana statistics in the last week, new listings taken are down 40% compared to 2019 when you're looking at the same periods. So, I mean, if you're a seller, first question, do you have to move? Like seller says, yes, I have to move. And here's my reasoning then yes, let's list it. Let's list it virtually. I mean, I know we try to push professional photography, but you know, you know, maybe you just ask that seller, take the pictures yourself. 
here are some tips to tidy up your house. Send them to me. We'll get them in the MLS. We'll only ask for virtual showings. And, you know, we'll try to get your home sold during this period of time that's, you know, we're all struggling. But, you know, let's not be focused about days on market or care about days on market statistics right now. If you need to get your house on the market, let's do it. But let's do it responsibly. Mark? I agree. I think it's definitely on the seller side um, situational if if it's a situation they have to do something. If you've got, if an agent's telling a client right now that it's their home, obviously that's not true. Um, people are scared. People are at home. Um, they're not going to get the dollar they were going to get three weeks ago or a month ago. Uh, but they have to get out of the house if it's a sale that has to happen. Yeah, there's still buyers out there. Um, move forward. Just do it safe, like Kurt said. What um, I've been telling people is, you know, it's a great time to do things around your house. Get your house ready to sell. So when this is over and things do start getting back to normal, you've got all that pent-up demand, and you can make sure your house is, is in the best shape possible to hit the I'll market. I'll just make a... Make a make a trip to Lowe's. I think everybody's got that idea. <laughs> right. <laughs> they had to, they had to put the brakes on that. I believe. Yeah. Um, and on the buyer side, obviously, uh, people have shifted their focus on from real estate right now. So if you're a serious buyer, it's still a great time to buy. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not going to have as much of a selection, but you're not going to have three offers mm -hmm. off either. Um, so you know, you might have to go through a few more hurdles, but you might save a couple thousand bucks. So yeah, if you're still thinking about buying real estate, I say move forward. Lincoln, you have anything else to say about that? Yeah, I agree. I think stagnant markets, um, screeching halt markets are not good. So if we can keep some activity going, I think we'll see the auction business. Uh, you know, we talked earlier about will people buy stuff virtually? I've been selling houses online auction for the past four years. And there's multiple cases where people never step foot into the home and uh, don't hesitate about it at all, especially on equipment, even high ticket items. That was a big shocker to me when all this, you know, shifted online. Um, the sellers, I think we need to educate our sellers on the financing part of it and how that can change any minute and keep them prepped and our buyers I think we need to make sure that they understand the financing issue is everything. So it all goes down to the golden rule. Those with the gold rule. And we got to educate everybody and don't run from what lenders are doing. Jump on calls, learn. We as agents, we got the time. Let's do some research. Let's stay on top of it. Let's fact verify if we see something before we, you know, get all scared. But Let's um let's be smart as we as we move forward and try to remain positive. We all keep saying that. I mean, that's the underlying tone. But let's not lose sight of the money. Right. And I, I think that's a good lead into a question that came from Facebook. Stacy Flissbart wanted to know if it's a good time to buy investment property. And I think that's a very open-ended question with a lot of variables. Um Mark, do you want to address that? I know you're, you're, uh, yeah, I'll take it. Um, I, I saw her post that. I think, I think it depends on what investment property you're talking. Um, large multifamily stuff. No, probably isn't going to have that much effect. If anything, that stuff's going to probably hold pretty strong because I know just this morning I had two buyers, Hey, we're going to go ahead and lease for 30 days or 60 days, or we're going to sign a year lease. So that stuff's going to hold pretty good. Um, I do think, the single family, you know, the good, as I like the, the, the honey homes, the good easy flips, the 80000 120000 $130,000 stuff that we've been fighting to get as investors. I think that stuff's going to ease up a little. Um, I know a lot of the smaller, well, mid-sized investors, you know, that flip 20, 30 houses a year, they're not going to be in the same position. Their first thought right now is liquidity. So they're definitely yeah. on their money. Um, you're not going to have uh, quite as big of a competition for that stuff, I don't think. So the still, I still think there's a great opportunity for the, you know, the, the investor that does two or three houses a year, one at a time, to get in and get some good deals. Um, and, and let's be honest, that even in this right now, I'm still the 120, 130, 150 house. That's going to continue to sell for a while, regardless mm -hmm. of how this goes. 
Um, so yeah, and I was going to reach out to Stacy about that. I think that's a, it's still, this is a plus for the small flippers. I think, um, I don't mess with the big commercial stuff. I've never gotten into that. I've just never got there, but, um, I do about 20 or 30 flips a year. Um, but I, I'm pulling back. I'm not going to set with five projects out there right now. Uh, so, you know, the single guy, the one flipper here and there, that's, that's going to benefit them greatly. Yeah, I would say if you're someone who has cash and you have cash to spare, <laughs> I would say now yeah. would probably or probably be a really good time to be out there looking and buying. Now, if you're someone who's who's financing, you know, um, you might want to you might want to take a break. Yeah, it, it, I'm curious to what the wholesalers are gonna do. Yeah, <laughs> are they? You know, the the whole <laughs> are the wholesalers gonna continue to the to take over, you know, I, I spend a lot of money on marketing to find flips and, you know, I probably fight for deals over wholesalers more than I do over actual investors or flippers, I guess you would say. So I'm curious to how that's going to change. Anybody else have something to add on that? I think the, I'm worried about the small community commercial, the low office buildings, the low retail spaces, I bet we see a 25% reduction in locally owned restaurants in the next 90 days. That's scary. That's sad. I hate that. Our regional franchises that employ people and are good to people, we're going to lose some of them. And, uh, you know, on the real estate side, the restaurant side has the same thing with Logan's closing and Blaze Pizza. And, you know, it's we're going to feel that. That's going to come down to us locally. Um which in 90 to 180 days, that means there's going to be a lot of equipment to sell online. So um, we'll see my business shift less from the traditional real estate that we've done and more on auction services, how we can help people, you know, convert those assets to cash so they can limit their loss. And, uh, you know, I, I follow the new construction and so I'm curious to uh, ask, see what Kurt has to say about that on the production building side, because I went through this crash in that world and man, I swore I'd never go back. And it feels a little like that now, except I'm in the really in the auction business and less in that world. So what's your all's take on new construction? Kurt? Not to take a question from you, Glenn, sorry. No, you're fine. Go ahead, Kurt. I'd say, um, you know, in talking with my brother and I think you'll see all the builders that had you know, foundations in the ground that maybe were framed, they're going to finish those up and they're going to try to sell them. I mean, you're not going to, I'd be surprised if you see builders out there continuing to dig foundation, dig and put foundations in. I mean, that's probably going to come to a stop. And the interesting thing is, you know, in our area, you know, the new construction price points are, you know, fairly high. So, yeah. You know, the people that are buying those new construction homes, you know, those are most likely your cash and conventional buyers who will have felt an effect and will feel an effect from this um, pandemic, but may feel less of an, an effect compared to the, you know, hourly employee who's furloughed or uh, let go from their job. So I, I think you'll probably continue to see new construction sales in those higher price points. Definitely will slow down, um, and you won't see any new, you know, new foundation into the ground in the next 30, 60, maybe even 90 days. Mark, what do you have to say about that? I know I'm pretty sure you were either just recently started a new a new construction home or have plans to to start one soon. What what's your how's that affecting those plans? Oh. I've talked to, I always reach to the subs. I always talk to those guys to find out what the Schuler guys are doing. <laughs> um, no, but the, the big builders, that's where I get my news from is the subs. And like they said, everybody's put the brakes on new starts, um, but they've got plenty of inventory. They're not going to come. If let's say the floodgates open back up tomorrow and you know, we're to business as usual, they still got plenty of stuff to sell. Um, I'm, I've got a development that I'm working on, but I'm, I'm going to move forward. Um, I'm just, my biggest fear is to get to, you know, our delayed spring market and then have no product. Um, once again, I'm a gambling man. I like to gamble. So I'm going to take the chance. Uh, 
but I think, but it, it's what Kurt said, it's, you know, the new stuff's going to stop going in the ground for most people. Nobody and just like with the investment side, nobody wants to, to hold stuff right now. I mean, being liquid is that's, I mean, that's fear induced. Everybody immediately when this happened was like, get my money in the bank. What can I get rid of? I want to get my money in the bank in case of this. So I think, you know, just how much risk somebody's willing to take um, is, is what you're going to see in the new construction side. But I think the new construction sales will keep moving forward. Um, and we may even end up with a shortage of new construction at the end of summer. Um, you never know. I don't know what kind of numbers them guys set on as far as houses go, uh, the big builders. Uh, but, you know, that can get eaten up real fast because, you know, it's a big lag. If you don't start a foundation now, you're at a pretty good lag from the time you can get a house to a sellable state if it's not a contract. Yeah. So, and I guess, you know, new construction right now is a pretty attractive alternative. Um, when people are thinking about moving into a home that someone's already lived in, um, it's pretty <laughs> nice. That, hey, we're going to move into a house that no one has ever lived in. We don't have to worry about it, you know, having germs or anything like that. So how long does this thing live? Three to five days? <laughs> right. Delayed possession for sure. <laughs> there you go. But uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's a better problem to have to have a lot of demand and not enough inventory. You, you'd rather have that problem than have too much inventory and no demand. Yeah. I think it's the same. You think? Yeah, I think it can have the same uh, drastic impact on you. Both sides of the spectrum, you know, both sides of the spectrum, there's no difference really in their thought process that's man just demand and no inventory i heard the other day we're like five thousand housing units short in clark county alone well i when i was saying that i was more speaking to the new construction part kind of from the perspective of a builder or developer i guess my point is a uh, new construction has a especially this entry level 180 to 220 new construction has a big impact on the 5,000 units short sure. because that's what most people can purchase new construction wise. That was my point. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So I, I've got another question here uh, from Facebook and this is from Jennifer Sino Tucker, who by the way is a, a past guest as well. She's a broker owner, coach and author in the Queens, New York area. Um, and she wants to know if you all think the virtual agent is here to stay. And if so, how will it impact buying and selling process? Anybody want to want to take that one on? I'd say the virtual agent. I mean, it's broad. Like we've had agents for years who have assisted people moving in or moving into the area who may be military that they never stepped foot in the home and the agent did the virtual tours, you know, did the contract all electronically and the family showed up and closed on, closed on the home without ever stepping foot into it. Um, I think we'll see agents hopefully use technology to better assist their buyers and sellers. That's the hope that we don't just go back to, oh, well, glad, glad that's over. Now we can go back to our paper contracts and, always meeting people face to face and not being efficient at all. So hopefully there are some positive changes that come from this and, you know, maybe we can see some shifts to where fewer people are going into houses, fewer buyers are going into homes. And instead of walking through 20 or 50 homes, maybe a buyer and an agent are more savvy and that buyer now only has to physically walk through three homes and they can, you know, slow, shorten the process and, you know, hopefully help everybody out in the, you know, in the short and long term. Yeah, I agree. And I've said this many times. I just, I, I feel like there's always going to be that need for the agent on the ground. And I think that just, we need to make sure we are able to articulate our value to the client now more than a more than ever. And I think this is going to kind of, this may weed some people out and, and, uh, maybe bolster some people who, who, um, are good or are getting better at articulating that value to their clients. Anyone have anything else on that? I think the younger agent right now is definitely going to soar. The newer, younger agents, this is the time for them to step up 
Um, you know, we've, unfortunately, we've still got some older agents in the industry that struggle. Lincoln, I saw your face. I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've got some agents in the industry that still extremely struggle with technology. Um, and I, I'm, I fear this. Like, it's one of my biggest fears. Like, just in, you know, I'm just turning 40, but I'm watching agents do things with technology that I'm like, how in the hell did they do that? And, you know, my fear is falling behind. And I think that now, like I said, now's the time where they're going to catch up. This is a catch up time. Um, you know, a lot of the agents that close a lot of deals don't do a lot of technology because they're referral based. So it's going to be an interesting shift and it's going to push forward. Do I think virtual's here to stay? No, like you said, there's always going to be a need for us to, to be there. Um, is it going to make an impact? Most certainly. Um, I've always been a big VR fan. I mean, I think that VR is going to take some play into uh, real estate. You know, I think people I posted a year ago, a year ago to date <laughs> yesterday, I'd made a post about the future of real estate. Mm -hmm. I saw that. Yeah. A picture of a lady with VR goggles on, you know, eventually the family will sit down with VR goggles and go look at houses. Um, now, will we see that? Probably not. Uh, but you know, whoever just got licensed, you know, they may. And Your daughter. What's that? Your daughter, if she's in the business, I hope now, so. now's the time for her to be on this, man. She is your tech person. Yeah. I'll uh, tell you, you know, Glenn, um, I like, I really do like the shift that it's making from a video standpoint. And I think we're going to be careful, kind of what Kurt led to is how you define virtual agent. Let's keep the humans in the game. Let's keep the humans in the game. And the only way we do that is supporting each other and be there for each other and help each other and utilize resources. But it's the, the video is the key, the video and this reaching out to folks. And, you know, the one thing I've tried to do during this is reach out to past clients, especially older ones. I deal with a lot of older clients and just, you know what? I just call them and say, how you doing? That's the most authentic and care what they have to say and talk to them. That's the most authentic marketing you can do right now as agents. And that's what I fear for the younger agents that they don't, they don't have that perspective because they're not digital immigrants like we are, you know, we, we, we weren't born into this. And so I envy them. I envy them. But I'm also here to say, Hey, we, we got a human element. Let's not lose this human element. Sure. Anybody else with anything to add on that? Lincoln's done a great job, by the way. Uh, he's probably reached out to me. I'm sure you too, Glenn, like three yep. times since started. So I commend you for that, Lincoln. He yeah, has, man. and he mentioned everyone helping each other out. And I think this, this, what we're doing right now says a lot about our local um, agents and brokers that we're all willing to, yes, we're all competitors, but we are willing to help each other out. And, uh, and it, it is a nice community. Isn't that what, isn't that what leaders do? Lead? Leaders lead. And in times like this, we need leaders. And we can all be leaders together. Absolutely. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lighten this up just a little bit for a moment. Um, I have a listener from Chile. Lincoln, did you know that? Did I have I a listener in that. Chile? So she she actually has a question for you, Lincoln, and for Kurt and Mark. So we'll go with you first. She wants to know how you keep your beard so nice. Well, I'm married to a hairdresser, hairstylist. <laughs> Lisa keeps me cut and trimmed and all kinds of good stuff. So that's how I do it. It's the beard having an impact across the globe, gentlemen. See, that's, <laughs> that's the drawback of wearing that mask. We can't see your pretty beard. That's okay. <laughs> All right, Kurt. Her question to you is, um, can you show her some of your dance moves? I think she must have seen one of your earlier Zoom calls where you were kind of busting yeah, a move. <laughs> you have some music you can play from her? <laughs> Man, I didn't prepare. Had, had I known, I would have. I'd have some music queued up for you. Look, there he is. Oh, I there he it. goes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Look out, TikTok. 
I see Mark getting nervous. <laughs> I don't. I, I'm leaving if you ask me to dance. <laughs> Mark, her question to you is: um, One, are you single? And two, do you like spicy food and long romantic walks on the beach? Oh wow! Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna plead the fifth on the first. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I am seeing somebody. Uh, the second one, I, I absolutely love spicy food, and you know. Who doesn't love a beach? There you go. Well, listen, I'm I'm not going to keep everybody much longer. Does Does anyone have anything they want to add or or anything they want to address before we kind of wrap this up that we already haven't? Uh, Glenn, I, I just want to thank you, man. I, I know how hard it is to get one of these podcasts, get some traction and get going. I know how much time it takes. You've done a great job with it. Um, I, I don't know another realtor in our area that's put as much time and effort into it as you have. Uh, and it's gotten as much traction as you have out of the gate. So I'm excited to see where this thing goes. Well, I appreciate you saying that, Mark. And I, I appreciate you joining us. Lincoln, got anything for us? Yeah, I'd love to stay, but I've got a TikTok lesson at home with my granddaughters. <laughs> and I mentioned, they saw that I re-downloaded the app. I used to have it when it was Musical.ly. And I've got some on there. And I showed them. And I, they're both middle schoolers. The mortified look on their face of the thought of me doing my own TikTok and my own dance moves is worth me building that. So watch out. Do hey, you, uh, the bearded one is coming to TikTok. Do you have anything you want to display for us? Do you have, have you learned any new TikTok dances you want to show us? You see all my TikTok on my <laughs> TikTok profile. All right, Kurt, how about you? Do you have anything you want to, you want to leave us with? I'd say, well, thanks for having me. Keep it up. Um, you know, I know, like Mark said, it's not easy to get up every day, every week, try to do a podcast and get content and get people to follow you. So keep doing it, stay positive and, uh, just, you know, let's all be there for each other. The key is interesting guests. Cause I guarantee you, no one wants to sit here and listen to me talk for half an hour or an hour. So, all right. Thanks to everybody for joining us today. I really appreciate it. I hope we were able to uh, inform, entertain, and inspire some people out there. And I uh, just want to say thanks for listening or watching today. And uh, stay safe, stay healthy, and have a great day. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks again to Kurt Schuler, Mark Hack, and Lincoln Crum for joining us today. I uh, really enjoyed that. I hope you did as well, especially if this was your first time tuning in. I really appreciate your time. Um, go check out the podcast if you were only watching on video. Putting the reel in real estate, you can catch it wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Stay healthy, stay safe, stay productive. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great day.